Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82. A Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning everyone in the United States, Canada, and whatever time zones you are in around the world. The two billion, that's what for be, two billion people that I can reach. Uh, although I know that uh, <laughs> unless a, a miracle occurs, uh, I'm not, I know that every person that has access to the Internet is not listening to me. But anyway, welcome. My name is uh, Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Uh, today, I'm going to talk to you about something perhaps that uh, you may not have considered. Why does the Bible state that the world is deceived? But before we get into answering this question by using the Bible, I want to go over um, some things that are going on right now in the Middle East. Let's go to www.watch.org. Go on Nick International News. Uh, this is a good website to review. The gentleman that uh, has uh, that's the owner of this website, he does a good job of keeping track of what's going on in Jerusalem. Uh, what you need to understand is Zechariah chapter 12, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1. Chapter 12, not tractor 12, getting a tongue twister. Anyway, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, says the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Verse 2, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. That means the people that are surrounding Jerusalem. When they shall be in the siege, both against Judah, which Judah is talking about the Jews of today that are in the Middle East, and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem, so this is going to happen in the future, a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. And that literally means what it means, cut in pieces. 
though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. To simplify that statement, the United Nations, which consists of, I think, 192 countries, is the entire world, basically, and they are all against the Jews and the little nation of Israel. Verse 4. And that day, says the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness, and I will open my eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. This is going to happen in the future. Certainly this has happened in the past, but this is, again, when you study the prophetic books, you must understand this. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9. The thing that have been... It is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Verse 10, is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new. It had been already of old time, which was before us. All right, so that is something that you have to use as a guideline and rule when you study the prophetic books. Prophecy is simply future history, and to understand future history, you you have to understand the past history, the current history of civilization to understand future history, ladies and gentlemen. So, if you want to understand prophecy, become a student. Become a student of history. History, his story. Or God's story. All right. To go on Nick's website and get more information about what's going on in the Middle East. Anti-Assad rebels said to seize 95% of the Syrian Golan Heights, which should be territory that Israel should have today, and they don't. So another area of Jerusalem, uh, a factory was hit by a Gaza rocket. Gaza is in the area of Jerusalem, which the Jews should own as well. IAF hits 12 terror targets in Gaza in response to rocket fire. U.S. Mideast envoy Martin quits after attempting or attempting a peace deal. And so, again, we, we get the monkey business that's going on in the Middle East, and you have to understand something. All this peace, 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 peace. It's all a deception, which we're going to go into a little, little detail today Not about deception. Not only is the peace process a big deception, but um, this whole world that we're living in, ladies and gentlemen, is a, is a deception. And, and you have to, to understand that, uh, because if you don't understand that, then you're not going to understand the prophecies of the Bible. So let's turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, starting in verse 1. But of the times and season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Now let me stop here. Uh, One of the things that Christians are deceived of is the fact that they feel that, or they've been taught the wrong way, that the law of Moses is not the law of God, and it has been nailed to the cross. And because of that uh, deceptive teaching, you don't understand the plan of God. 
you don't understand the times and the seasons. Because in Leviticus chapter 23 lists not the Jewish holy days, but God's holy days that should be kept. And when you don't keep those days, you have no clue, hardly, of what's going on in the world. You really don't. You think you may, but you don't. Uh, Verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. And so, it means what it says here. All this peace process, peace, 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 is is not going to result in the kind of long-lasting peace that the Bible predicts when the Messiah comes back. Judges, let's take a look at Judges here. This is a prophecy, Judges chapter 2, verse 1. And an angel of the Lord came from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swore unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my agreement with you or covenant with you. Verse 2. And ye shall make no league, no league or agreement with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. They haven't even obeyed his voice today even. And he says, why have you done this? In verse 3, wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. It was, this condition was prevalent back then, it's prevalent today. So don't be deceived, which program's about deception by the peace process because the word of God which I've just spoken to you states that it will cause sudden destruction so let's let's not be deceived by that let's look at a little domestic news here and I I love this website Uh, the economic collapse He he does a real good job of uh, going over some significant events domestically, when I mean domestically in this country, in the United States. That's where I reside. Uh, so it's the economiccollapseblog.com, the economic collapse. Are you prepared for the coming economic collapse and the next Great Depression? Are you? That's the question. Now, he has a um, a menu bar on the top of his webpage, and I suggest you go over it. Uh, you need to start investing in gold coins and silver coins because the fiat paper money that we have is not God's money. It's not even money at all. It's an IOU. And so you need to start investing in real money, gold and silver. Silver, of course, is more affordable than gold. I think it's around $22 an ounce right now, silver. Gold is about $1,300, but you need to start investing in real money, ladies and gentlemen, because the currency that we have right now is going down the drain. And I'll do a future Bible study about that. You need to start stacking up on emergency food. Uh, You need to start preparing for um, catastrophes, because Proverbs 22, verse 3 tells us, 
and even our government's uh, agency for emergencies, FEMA, tells us that we must, must be prepared for emergencies. You just don't wait for something to happen, then you do something. That's with anything, but especially with um, things that may happen in the future, nuclear bomb attacks, uh, dirty bomb attacks, chemical and biological weapon attacks. So we need to be prepared for these things. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3, because we're living in perilous times. Proverbs 22, verse 3, A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple, or that's people that disbelieve everything that they hear and don't question it, but the simple pass on and are punished. And so you don't want to be one of those people who are punished unnecessarily, ladies and gentlemen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, plainly states this. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, not cowardly fear, but smart fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house or family, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, why am I quoting Noah? Because the master or the Messiah stated the following about the 21st century in our end-time generation. In Luke chapter 17, 26, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Verse 27, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted and built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Verse 31, in that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come back down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. He's talking about the beginning of the great tribulation, ladies and gentlemen. Um, when it states here in that day, he which shall be upon the house up and the stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. If we turn to Matthew chapter 24, you see the same phraseology mentioned. So you know that that's talking about the start of the great tribulation. Because it states right here in uh, Matthew 24 verse 17, let him which is on a house up not come down and take anything out of his house. So it's the same phraseology. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 24. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Verse 19. And woe or danger to them that are with child. So women that are pregnant around this time, it's probably not a good idea to be pregnant, but anyway, it says woe unto them that are with child, because he says danger to them that are with child, and to them that get suck in those days. These days that are, those days are becoming these days. They are these days, and it's fast approaching. Verse 20. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Shabbat day, or Sabbath day, which proves that there's going to be people today in the 21st century that will be keeping the Shabbat. And in verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as what not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. In verse 22, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. We did not reach the possible fulfillment of the scripture where no flesh, and that means animal flesh and human being flesh, would not be saved. It will be totally annihilated. We did not reach that point, the beginning stages anyway, until 1945, 
with the detonation of Little Boy, uh, which was an atomic bomb over Hir- Hiroshima, or Hiroshima, ni- August 6, 1945. And then, in 1947, at the University of Chicago, uh, very wise men realized, wait a minute, uh, we're, we're on the brink of destroying man, uh, humanity and civilization. So they created the Doomsday Clock in 1947 because they realized, hey, we're on the brink here of destroying all of humanity. In 1947. And uh, that Doomsday Clock is still in existence today. It's at five minutes right now. That's <laughs> That tells you that uh, the, the destruction of humanity is imminent. And then in 1952, Albert Einstein, one of the greatest scientists who ever lived, who was a Jew, by the way, he stated that, I think the, um, you can research this yourself, but I think in November of 1950, I know the year is right, 1952, uh, the thermonuclear bomb, the hydrogen bomb, was created. And when that bomb was created in 1952, Einstein stated that we have the capability of the destruction of all of civilization. And so, in Matthew 24, verse 22, and he says, And except those days should be shortened, and they will be, there should no flesh be saved. And so, between 1945 and 1952, humanity reached that point where this scripture could be fulfilled as far as no flesh being saved if the Messiah did not come back and save mankind, which he will. And then, as far as the span of years, the span of years. And so, we know that the generation that he's talking about has to be what I call the nuclear bomb generation, which began in 1945, but the fulfillment of this scripture, where there should no flesh be saved alive if he didn't come back, certainly began in 1952 with the creation of the hydrogen or thermonuclear bomb. All right? And so, he states in this chapter, in Matthew chapter 24, he states plainly that he talks about a specific generation. He says, verse 32, he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. He's not talking about Israel. Get Israel out of your mind, okay? Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So he's just using an analogy. Verse 33, So likewise you... When you see all these things, what things? The things he was talking about in this chapter. No, this, Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 24, that it is near, even at the doors. Verse 34, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. I think the Holy Spirit is leading me to explain what verse 33 means. It says, so likewise, when you see all these things, know that it's near even at the doors. Let's turn to James, chapter 5. James, chapter 5. What does it mean when it says, even at the doors? Okay, well, James, the book of James, is an epistle to all the tribes of Israel. All the tribes of Israel, ladies and gentlemen, consist of the Jews, which uh, quite a few of them live in the land, uh, which is called Palestine, but they have a little nation of Israel, which is not the nation of Israel that is spoken of in the Bible, but but they have a lot of Jews, over 5 million of them live in that area. But also, quite a few Jews live in the United States, over 5 million. Anyway, 
the epistle of James, or Yaakov, or Jacob, is addressed to the 12 tribes of Israel. Let me prove this to you in James 1, verse 1. It says, Yaakov, or James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, or are scattered all around the world, the diaspora. This book is a prophecy, specifically, it's for everybody, but specifically to those 12 tribes that are listed in Genesis chapter 49. Do you know who these 12 tribes are? Do you know who these 12 tribes are? And the first chapter is, is a chapter talking about uh, the fact that we should not be unstable, that we should obey the commandments, that, that uh, talks about pure religion. The second chapter talks about having favoritism and the fact that you have to do good works. The third chapter talks about controlling our mouth, which is a big problem for people in this country. Did you know where all the gossip magazines came from? It came from Britain and the United States. We're the world's leaders in gossip. Chapter 4 talks about how war is started. Why do we war among each other? And chapter 5, which we're going to focus on, talks about how we let wealth and money destroy us. That's what it talks about, ladies and gentlemen. And in James chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Verse 4, Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your field. So also chapter 5 is talking about the oppression, the great oppression of how the rich oppress the poor. And we do it in this country, which is of you kept back by fraud, the Enrons of the world, right? Crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped and entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabaoth, of the armies. Verse 5, you have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in the days of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. Verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near. Verse 9, grudge not one against another, brethren, that ye be condemned. Behold, the judge stands before the door. He stands before the door. All right? So, to understand what the Messiah stated in Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, and he states here in verse 33, So likewise, when you see all these things, know that it's near, even at the doors, you have to include the oppression the oppression of mankind, of humanity. And when you see all those things, when you see the rich, the rich 
dominating the poor. And particularly the 12 tribes do it a lot. That's what James is talking about in James chapter 2 and then in James chapter 5. When all these things are happening, you know that the coming of the Messiah is near. Because in Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verse 5, it states, I will come near to you in judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, and against the false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages. They are outsourcing all kinds of jobs to India and to China and so forth because they do not want to pay. They do not want to pay fair wages, and they want to keep the profit. They want to keep as much profit as possible, and they don't care about the human resource, though, that helps generate that profit. But anyway, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, says the Lord of hosts. So we know that the oppression, let's turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. There's a prophecy about our generation. It says in Proverbs 30 verse 14, there is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Okay, so let's take a look at the economic collapse and then I'm going to get into the Bible study. It's a short Bible study about the deception of humanity. Uh, the uh, One of the... Uh, subheadings so to one of the articles here the economic collapse blog is the, the economic collapse blog.com stone cold proof that government economic numbers are being highly manipulated it says if the clintons are worth 50 million why do they get nearly a million a year from the taxpayers that's a good question hillary clinton has got to be joking this is what dead broke actually looks like inflation only if you look at food water gas electricity and everything else so anyway this is good to, and it says right here, 25 shocking facts about the Earth's dwindling water resources. The death of the Rust Belt. The United States of debt. Total debt in America hits a new record high of nearly $60 trillion. i got to read this. <laughs> what would you say if I told you that Americans are nearly $60 trillion in debt? Well, it is true. When you total up all forms of debt, including government debt, business debt, mortgage debt, and consumer debt, we are $59.4 trillion in debt. That is an amount of money so large that it is difficult to describe it with words. For example, if you were alive when Jesus Christ was born and you had spent $80 million every single day since then, you still would not have spent $59.4 trillion by now. And most of this debt has been accumulated in recent decades. Recent decades. If you go back 40 years ago, total debt in America was sitting at about $2.2 trillion. Somehow, over the past four decades, we have allowed the total amount of debt in the United States to get approximately 27 times larger. This is utter insanity, and anyone that thinks that this is sustainable is completely deluded. We are living in the greatest debt bubble of all time, and there is no way that this is going to end well. And I implore you and encourage you to read the rest of this article. Very illuminating. 
Okay, so the Bible study today. Why does the Bible state that the world is deceived? You know, I quote this scripture to people, and I, and I, sometimes I don't think they understand the significance of that scripture. So I'm going to go slowly and hope hope that you do understand what it means. And then we need to understand is all the knowledge that we learn the truth because we all assume that. And if not, then how can we discover the truth? All right, let's let's do a quick Bible study on this. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9. It says and the great dragon, which is the devil, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He deceives the whole world, ladies and gentlemen. All right? Deceive means planeo in Greek, and it means to err, to seduce, to trick. That's what he does. And a lot of people today aren't aware of his deception. But that's what he does. He deceives individuals. He deceives nations. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 3 states the following, Cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. So he deceives individuals. He deceives nations. That is his goal and his goal also is first peter 5 verse 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil is, is as a roaring lion walks around seeking whom he may devour that's all he does ladies and gentlemen he deceives and tricks you makes you think that you're getting truth when you're not getting truth that's that's just the way he is, and he has his servants or his ministers. And and uh, in verse Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse thirteen, it says, "For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ." Verse fourteen, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So how can anyone trick you unless they appear to be correct, right? Verse 15, therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And I hate to tell you this, but it's the truth that there's more of Satan's ministers than God's ministers on the earth. It truly is, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew chapter 7 proves this. Verse 13, enter you into the straight gate. Matthew 7 verse 13 and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in. Many. Verse 14, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which lead into life, and few there be that find it, ladies and gentlemen. So it's, it's not that many people that are really walking the, the true way of life. It's not that many that are walking the true way of life, ladies and gentlemen. Luke chapter 10. And do you want to believe your Bible, or you want to believe you want to believe? And Luke 10, verse 2 states, Therefore said unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Few. 
the true laborers, the true ministers of God. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And so it's not that many, folks, not that many that are preaching the truth around the world. Cap, what do we have gone over? We have this devil. The devil continues, even as I speak, to deceive people. He has his ministers. His ministers are so much more than the true ministers of God around the world. So what do we do about this? I mean, how do we overcome this deception? Well, first of all, in, in Jeremiah chapter 16, Jeremiah, let's understand something here. Because I made this mistake. We all made this mistake, except Yeshua, all right? Uh, in verse 19 of Jeremiah chapter 16, it says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles or the nations shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies vanity and things where there's no profit. So our past generation have inherited three things. Lies, which is not the truth. Vanity, meaningless things. And things where there's no profit, which is vanity anyway. So it's three things. Three things. And so when you are born, of course you start to learn. But don't assume that your parents taught you 100% correct because I don't know if there's any parent on the earth that does that. Now, it's possible for parents to teach mostly, teach you mostly the truth if they've been raised in the truth. Okay, if, if they were able to start learning the truth. And that really, we need to understand what truth is because most people don't understand what truth is, real truth. What is truth? Is there a Bible definition of the word truth? Yes, there is. Let's turn to Psalms, Psalms 149. Psalms 119, rather. Psalms 119. Psalms 119, Psalms 119, verse 142. It says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, which means Torah in Hebrew, the instructions and doctrines and laws and commandments of God, Torah, O law, thy law is the truth. So the truth, ladies and gentlemen, is the instructions of God. It's the, it's the entire 66 books. The entire 66 books of the Bible is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew, Matthew chapter well, before I go to Matthew, John chapter 17, John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The entire Bible, the 66 books, is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to know the truth, it's available, especially in American homes and British homes and all those other areas that are that consists of the tribes of Israel today. If you don't believe what I just said here, uh, go to www.beasinboyritam.org and be enlightened and illuminated and be surprised. But when you see Israel today, it's not just talking about the Jews in the Bible, when you see Israel, it's talking about the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, Canada, 
New Zealand, South Africa, countries in Northwestern Europe, of course, is talking about anyone outside those regions who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah or Jesus is the Messiah. That is Israel today, ladies and gentlemen. So, we understand what truth is. Truth is the entire Bible, God's Word. That is the truth. And we have to live by the truth, ladies and gentlemen. The devil is a liar. He does not preach the truth. He mixes truth with error to deceive you. He's been doing that for years. And one of the greatest deceptions of all time is found in Second Thessalonians. And I want you to pay attention to this. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2. <clears throat> chapter 2. The spirit of anti-Messiah involves lawlessness, not keeping the law, preaching that the law is nailed to the cross. And it says right here in verse 3 of Second Thessalonians, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, a rebellion, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, one other man was called the son of perdition, Judas. Judas was called the son of perdition. Verse 4, but the anti-Messiah will be also called the son of perdition, or is called the son of perdition. Verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, God, so this anti-Messiah will sit in a literal temple of God, despite what people are incorrectly teaching. It will be a built, rebuilt temple. He's going to sit in the temple, showing himself that he is God. And verse 5, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know that what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. So he's going to be revealed in the future time. Uh, Possibility he'll be revealed in this century. We'll see. In the 21st century. Verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. So it was already working in the first century, but it's still working today. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. There's some force that's restraining. Uh, the devil from uh, using his agent, his main agent, the anti-Messiah. But that force will be taken out of the way, and then verse 8, and, and then shall that wicked, with a capital W, wicked, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's his second coming. Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Hasatan, or Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. So, again, Lying wonders, deception, verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, perish, not live again, because they receive not the love of the truth. So you already know what the truth is. The truth is the instructions, the Bible, the entire Bible. But it says that people will perish because they didn't love the truth. It's not just you knowing the truth. You have to love the truth. Because if you love the truth, you'll be saved. It says that they might be saved. So there's a possibility that you won't be saved. All right? In verse 11, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. What's the lie? The lie is that the law has been nailed to the cross, that you don't have to keep the law. Verse 12, That they all might be damned who believe not the truth. The truth is the entire Bible but have pleasure in unrighteousness. 
Verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks our way to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation, to salvation. And how do you obtain salvation? Through the sanctification, that's the setting apart, or the Greek word for this is hagiosmos, and it means the purification. Through the purification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So how do you obtain salvation? Through the purification of the Spirit and the belief of the Bible, the truth, the Word of God. That's how you obtain salvation. If you don't believe all the Bible, you will not obtain salvation. Plain and simple as that. So you better start loving the Bible more so than you love your life. Because those words are life. That's what the Messiah stated in John chapter 6. It begins with you listening to an individual like myself. And I'm not putting my, not patting myself on the back, but I must tell you the truth about me. I'm one of the few people on earth that is preaching the truth. If you think that's an arrogant statement, it's not. It's the truth. I can prove it to you. Listen, look up all the scriptures that I'm quoting. You tell me I'm not telling you the truth. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some, when I'm one of the some, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Messiah. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of teaching or doctrine by the slight of men, the cunningness, craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. That's the devil's ministers. They deceive people and tell you that the law is done away with. The lie. The lie. That you don't have to do anything. Verse 15. But speaking the truth. We speak the truth. I speak the truth. I tell you to obey all, all the, the words of the Bible. Speaking the truth. But speaking the truth in love. What's love? Second John 1 verse 6. People always think love is hugs and kisses. That's how you express love, but it's not love. Second John 1, verse 6, what does it say? And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you shall walk in it. That's what love is, ladies and gentlemen. And that's how any true minister of God preaches. They preach the commandments, and they preach that you should, what, obey the Bible, but speaking the truth in love, love is keeping the commandments, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, Messiah. So I hope that you understand what the truth is, how to get out of deception, start reading your Bible, listening to individuals like me who are preaching you, te teaching you, and preaching you, preaching to you rather, preaching and teaching the truth to you. That's what I was trying to say. But anyway, may the Lord bless and keep you. And God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble.
And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 